Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys here on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. Let us know if there's follow up questions that you have about the podcast. We love to be able to see your guys' comments and then be able to make future episodes with them, getting those questions answered or getting guests or topics covered that you want to hear from. On today's podcast, I did a live stream with Corey Willis from PPI recently, and we answered a bunch of live stream questions about the 10-speed Allison, emissions tuning, how much power trucks with DPS and EGR makes compared to the older ones, and some really cool things that are going to be coming up in the future. So it was a great chat with them. We um, really covered so many topics. It's it's hard to nail it down to just one, but we appreciate his time chatting with us and everyone who participated in the live stream. We, won't, we wanted to be able to bring that to you guys, whether you listen to us on any of the podcast apps or YouTube, so you could hear the information. Before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. Um, DMAX Store, if you've got a Duramax, whether it's an LB7, L5P, those guys live, eat, and breathe Duramax performance, maintenance, and upgrades. So whether you're looking to be able to take your truck to the next level, um, or maybe you just picked up one, maybe you always wanted an LBZ and you just want to start fresh with maintenance and upgrades to make it the most reliable that it can be, head on over to dmaxstore.com, check out what they have. If you have questions, if you're unsure what upgrades you need or a couple different choices that are out there, you're not sure which direction to go, they would be more than happy to help you. If you want to call them and have questions, just call 877 my dmax They'll get you taken care of. Also, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide code for you. Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. Great way to save some money on some really cool gear. If you're in the market for something for EDC or hunting, fishing, something to have at the job site around the house, they've got a ton of choices, really regardless of any budget. So they they cover everything from just like your first knife, something that you're going to work really hard, or if you're a knife enthusiast and are into different types of handle materials, opening mechanisms, blade stills, They've got you covered. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Corey Wills from PPI and talking about emissions tuning, 10-speed Allison tuning, um, even the Ford 6R140, and um, what he can do with the transmission and different types of issues that people may face with their stock trucks that tuning can remedy. Got some people in here. There we go. Now I see you. There we go. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Patrick, how you doing, man? Good. How you been doing? Doing good, brother. Doing good. What you sipping on? Some water? Uh, actually, some coffee. It's like a part of my day starting. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I just got uh, all my good old stuff you're supposed to do at like 30 years old where you get your body checked and your lab results and all that. And I did that today. And I guess I drink a little too much coffee. <laughs> I remember when I turned 30. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm 33 now, but uh, I don't know. The past year, dude, I just started slowing down. I don't know what the heck. Like, I didn't slow down, but like my body wanted to and started gaining weight in weird mm. places. I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. Testosterone, 177. So, your boy's about to get that <laughs> <laughs> legal dosage. Well, it's cool to have you on uh, the Diesel Podcast live stream. This is uh, something new we've been doing, had a really good reception to it. Um, nice. I saw the, saw the one you did the other night that was really cool. Um, there's a ton of questions that I have compiled since our last podcast <laughs> for you. Um, 
give some answers. Hey, oh, can yeah. you all right? Is it? Can you hear me pretty good? Yep, I hear you loud and clear. All right, cool. Because I can go get my headphones if we need. But nope, sound good. Um, I wanted to just start off this this question. Um, somebody had asked us about the Allison the Allison ten speed and transmission tuning for it. Now, I've had some transmission builders on the podcast, and when I ask them about the ten speed Allison, they just kind of go. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna be able to do with it, but you, I mean, you're tuning it. You're giving guys, uh, you know, tons of different options. So, what do you think about it, and what kind of options are out there for tuning the, the uh, transmission? Man, that transmission's awesome. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's gonna be like a racing transmission by any means. I might eat those words in a few years, but you know, at this point in time, you know, I, I don't think that. You've got a lot of gear ratios to work with. Sure, we can do skip shifts and everything else. And I've seen some other guys talking about, well, the skip shift didn't make it faster. But whenever the, the amount of studying that I did on the 10 speed, which is still pretty limited, there's a lot of work to be done to get from this this clutch pack to this clutch pack, et cetera. Like, there's, it's kind of like a 60, like, it's not like a 68 RFP by any means, but how a 68 has a lot of physical work to do to go from gear three to four. You know, it's just like, there's you can only speed that up so much so there's some stuff kind of like that with the 10 speeds i I do know that we've shaved off like the shift times like over a quarter of a a second of shift time just with tcm tuning the uh one thing that i'm not sure about though is holding capacity uh no one's really pushed one you know what i mean and then they push it without trans tuning and if they haven't had a fair shot at horsepower yet um I think they're going to do, I think, I think you'll be able to hold 700 horsepower with them with a mild build. Um, I think 600 horsepower is going to be no problem. Um, when I went to Suncoast years ago that they discussed the e-drum was going to be a failure point and we're starting now to see e-drum failures in them. Uh, I don't have the, the, all the details on it, but they told me the material just kind of sucked, but you know what? There's a lot of them on the road without failed e-drums. So it's probably going to be something that's fine with 68s we found those problems super fast and it hasn't been that way for the 10 speed so i think realistically it's going to be i think it's going to be fine with trans tuning it's a monster i mean we're talking about you know over 40 horsepower you you gain immediately with trans tuning 40 extra horsepower but in the actual optimal range that's operating in whenever you're at wide open throttle uh it's almost 140 horsepower sustained gears that it was just kind of dumping out before, you know, between gear changes and the partial unlock and all that good stuff. So now it just old school, lock them up. It's a man. Awesome. It's got a, <laughs> yeah. a, a, I'm happy. Well, uh, I, I, you were speaking on the trans builders. I called a lot of them before we released it. And I'm like, yo, like, where do I set the line pressure at? Like, I don't know where to set line pressure. Uh, you know, I know that the ratio tech kits, you know, there was like 450 pounds of pressure. Um, and then, uh, a lot of guys now are doing them at lower 300s, but, uh, you know, supposedly around 330, plus, around 350, you actually hear a physical pump whine out of the transmission. So we've got all of our stuff set up now between 300 and 330 PSI, which is a huge jump from what stock is. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a ton. We had a ton of gifts come in there. I want to thank you guys for joining in and uh, supporting Corey and I as we're, we're doing our chat. And while you were talking about pushing the power i know there was something major with hp tuners that they're allowing you know like you to do with tuning the l5p what exactly is that what what does it allow you to do that you couldn't do before so we've been doing the l5p since 
2018, I believe. And, uh, you know, before, uh, you had to send the ECU in and get it unlocked and stuff like that, where now, you know, we can unlock it in-house. And there's also, um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if all the details are out there yet, but but it'll be to where people can just unlock them at home. You know, just like you get an extra DSP file. If you got a switch with something, now we'll just send another cable with it. So, and you'll be able to take and unlock and all that good stuff. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, that's something new. Uh, and then uh, overall, the ability to tune the 10 speed transmission, you know, we've been working on that for a pretty good while, but I didn't, there's no way to deliver it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, with HP tuners now, they've made it to where you can send your ECU in, or TCM into us and we can replace it or upgrade that TCM, unlock it, get it back to you. And now we can use the HP tuner software to recalibrate the vehicle and recalibrate the transmission overall. So we had the engine tuning for a good while, but uh, the transmission tuning, that's that's a fresh release from yesterday. But we've been testing it for a, a, a good long time. So a lot of the the weird stuff that we had to figure out, well, we already had it pretty lined out. You know, I, I posted a teaser a long time, months and months and months ago of my truck doing some second gear lockup stuff and all that. And people were like, how are you doing? How are you doing that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> yeah. Cause then you get everybody all fired up and then they can't get it and it sucks. So I try to kind of keep my mouth shut. That train? <laughs> yep. That was a train that popped up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave them for you. <laughs> I saw I saw a question scroll through asking if eighteen hundred degrees was too hot. I believe it was on an L five piece. What kind of EGT range when you're doing tunes do you like those trucks to be in? Man, I mean, first question is what's the melting point? <laughs> I can tell you, definitely, definitely lower than that. <laughs> um, the factory, I leave the factory EGT limiters in them, and uh, it, it generally is about fifteen, uh, fourteen. 1475 to about 1575 is is where you you they'll start derating the truck so and we leave all those derates and stuff in there in the old school days when it was just like race tuning send it you know you can burn that sucker to the ground if you want to be crazy where if someone wanted to burn their truck to the ground i'll assist in that but ultimately uh our, our tunes right out the box you're generally under 1400 degrees so you never hit the limiters and and the reason we do that is is Yep. Things have changed a lot in the past for us, especially too. You know, we used to make a lot of power with injector pulse width, which, you know, when the injector opens up and the longer it's open, the piston's coming up and down. I mean, that's a wide spray pattern where now we really lean more so on fuel pressure than pulse width. And that dramatically decreases the EGTs as well. And you make more horsepower. So um, that's, that's a big way that we're able to take and get all this extra power out these trucks without, burning them to the ground or hurting the emission system so but 1800 degrees i mean if you're doing quarter mile passes i mean i've seen 2200 degrees you know on some of my stuff that we we're just sending it to the moon and it ran the times and didn't immediately burn down but you're not going to do that a whole lot you know these are real drag trucks that get refreshed <laughs> so i wouldn't sustain that for any amount of time you know if if you're and realistically too i mean if you're if you're 1800 degrees or so, I mean, it's time to upgrade some ports. You know, put a turbo on it. Let's pull that thing off. It'll make more power, go faster, and it'll last longer. I mean, that's a win-win-win. Oh, yeah. Well, that leads into the next part. And uh, I've asked a couple of recent guests this. Um, Ryan Milliken was chatting with us, um, Lenny Reed, and some others. And we were talking about the future of performance. And we've touched on it, talked about it in the past. But I think one of the main things I think that drew everybody in 
way back when with LB7s and 5.9 common rails was you get this truck, you take it out, you can do some injectors, throw a Smarty on it, turbo, you're going to break transmission, upgrade the transmission. Now you're out there on testing tunes having fun. And with the newer ones, there was, I think, a really long learning curve with them, not just on the electronic side, but on the hard part side. Do you see, where do you see the performance of a 6.7 Power Stroke, 6.7 Cummins, an LML, L5P, going in the future where maybe guys are making 600, 650, 700? What is, what is the current limit and where do you see it going for power levels? Well, I'll answer that. But if I can, I want to answer the fella uh, that asked about the 1800 EGT question. Yeah. So he put on there after I answered that, he said, thanks, Motor Ops. Here's the thing that I want to address real quick. Um, it's unlikely that Motor Ops sent a tune out. Now, they could have, but it's unlikely they sent a tune out that sustains 1,800 degrees. If you're seeing high EGTs on your truck, um, it's it's really important to take in. The first step is get a boost leak test kit. Calibrated Power sells them. I sell them. I sell the ones from Calibrated Power. You know, they're, they're great kits. It's a good company. And so uh, I would do a boost leak check. You know, boost it, uh, pressure it up all the way to like 40 pounds and then see what your leak down is. More than likely, you got a boost leak somewhere. It shouldn't be running that high AGTs on with stock, stock fuel, stock turbo. So, to answer the question you just asked, uh, I think the performance industry is really heading in the right direction, believe it or not. Uh, and the reason is, is because I am having a lot of manufacturers contact me to pair their hard parts with our calibration. And I've had a lot of them talk about it over the past two years, but I'd say over the past six months, I've had guys step up and I've been working with SEMA Garage with some of these manufacturers and the stuff they're releasing out. is really cool, you know, um, and it's going to be less expensive than doing a full delete to get the same horsepower, you know, with the same package. So I, I think the future of the industry is really going in a good direction. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that are, you know, scraping from the bottom right now and selling a lot of junk tuning, a lot of junk parts and stuff like that out there just to make a quick buck because there's a huge hole in the market for the delete industry right now. So guys are making tons of money, but what they're selling is junk. And so what happens is people are starting to realize, and, and I've seen this flip, I'd say over the past year, they're like, man, I just can't hardly trust the delete tuning that's out there. You know, even shops that wouldn't care about the EPA are hitting us up and they're like, man, I just, I can't get good tuning. You know, <laughs> And uh, so uh, which sucks, you know, I don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing the industry be hurt, but what is inspiring is knowing that manufacturers are now, you know, starting to say, all right, let's, let's dive into this, you know, and it's hard. And, and I respect the manufacturer so much for doing that because it's a huge commitment. You're stepping into unknown territory. You know, you're not going to make as much money right off the bat, but it's one hell of an investment because, <laughs> you know, in two years, if you're the only kid on the block that's got approved approved products and half of your big shops have been hit or whatever by the EPA or they're scared, they just want to play by the rules. They're going to, they're going to have to have something to sell, you know, if they continue to stay in business. So it's a major, major investment right now that is burdensome and it sucks, but I mean, it's going to separate the boys from the men here in the next few years. That's for sure. Yeah. I just saw a question pop up about the three liter eco diesel and tuning for it. And I get a lot of questions about those. Um, yeah. What do you what do you what do you have? What do you think of the three liter eco eco diesel? Man, I love them. The uh, I mean, we it was pretty cool. We were the first company. I took a lot of pride in that. We were the first company to ever tune the eco diesel back in 2014. Um, I was working with a, a a company out of Italy, 
that actually had helped us get into that ECU. And every time I flashed it, I had to pull the computer apart and reflash it. You know, uh, what's awesome, HP tuners over the past uh, couple or few years added OBD code diesel support, and you don't have to pull your ECU out and all that, uh, which is pretty freaking awesome. The tw- Now there's an airplane. Uh, the 2019, it was 2019 or 2020, they changed the ECU in the Eco Diesel to um, EDC 17 C69, where they used to be a C49 or C79, which is all irrelevant. But what is relevant is that new ECU, we have to unlock it, but we can unlock it on the bench. So people can still get their tuning. Uh, I'm working with SEMA Garage uh, on getting that approved. I, I did emissions testing on that truck at the University of Houston back in 2017, I think it was. And uh, uh, government said I needed to follow California's law. So the university, the emissions lab at the University of Houston wasn't good enough for federal government. So uh, now we're doing it at the SEMA garage. Uh, the only thing is, is that the 3.0 liter Duramax that was just released yesterday is in front of that one. So once that one's done, then the next one's going to be the Eco Diesel. And that'll cover the Jeeps and everything. I've got the, I've got all the tunes done and everything, even for the Wranglers, trans tuning, ECM tuning, all that. Right now, we can send the trans tuning out for it, but the ECM tuning, I'm still waiting on SEMA approval. So I'd say within the next two to three months, I'll have that back on the website too. And we have those calibrations super dialed in. People freak out when I tell them, I'm like, yeah, it's you know, 50 extra horsepower or whatever. And they're like, okay, well, what do I need to watch EGTs? I'm like, you take your pedal and you put it to the floor and you don't think about it. Like, it's not going to break nothing. I'm like... It's good. It's safe. Beat the crap out of it. And people just or look at me so weird when I tell them that with our tunes. I'm like, yeah, go beat the hell out of it. Like, <laughs> you can't beat it worse than me, I promise. Well, that, there's so much testing that, that you guys do that when, I mean, when they're out there for the public, they're they're ready to go. And I, I know that, like, the TCM stuff, I saw a question pop up about 6-7 Power Stroke TCM tuning. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that. Um, once you answer it, then I'll ask my follow-up to just transmission tuning in general. But what do you have for the 6-7 Power Strokes and tuning the transmission um the six seven power strokes we've got that supported from 2011 all the way through 2021 2022s i know what everybody wants but uh we're, we're still working through the security on that worst case we'll end up doing an ecu swap but let's hope it doesn't come to that because that that's that's more expensive you know it sucks um we we tune the transmission on all of them 11 all the way through 21 and actually we can tune the transmission on the 22 power stroke just the ecu is what we're we're struggling with right now um, but yeah, we offer tuning for that, you know, over, over a hundred extra horsepower on the 2020 through 2021, the, the new one. And that, that's definitely one of my favorite trucks. I mean, it is a torque powerhouse, you know, you're making close to with the, with, if you have like bank sports installed with it, you'll make 600 horsepower to the tire and over 1300 foot pounds. It's ridiculous. <laughs> is it the same on the 15 to 16s as far as? the tuning, the parameters, the, all the, the, uh, things you're able to maximize on them. Same as no, like the new ones. Those were, so the 11 through, uh, 19s were using, uh, uh, EDC 17 computers. So this new one is what most everything went to, even like the new Can-Ams, uh, and EcoBoost. Uh, it's called an MG1. The diesel version is called an MD1. So kind of self-explanatory. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is awesome. All right. So, uh, yeah, so the uh, the MG1 and MD1, but it's totally different. Like, the, the tuning parameters on the 2020 were totally different to the point that I had to go buy one of the trucks. I, tr- I try not to, to have to buy the vehicles if I don't 
if I don't have to, you know, because I've got all, all my cousins and family and great local customers are like, here, take my truck. I don't care. So I say, all right, if I break it, I'll fix it. Promise. Or I'll buy it. <laughs> but uh, so but on that uh, truck, I actually had to go buy one like the 3.0 liter. My first cousin uh, has one and I've got a really awesome customer it has all kinds of stuff. And uh, we didn't have to buy that one. I was able to keep that truck forever. So um that that platform wasn't bad like it wasn't it wasn't difficult at all to tune to me uh but the new fords were definitely a different different animal the 11 through so like the 11 through 14 you're restrict you're you're limited by the hard parts you know they have that small charger that sucks and blows up and stuff a lot of people been doing like the 15 charger retrofits on them but the 15 and 16 is a is a is a really good package um i I like that one a whole lot, the, uh, all the way up through 17. What's cool, though, um, on the 11 through 16s, we have, uh, so you know how everybody, like, takes the switch and they wire it into, like, the, the, the charge air cooler sensor or fuel temp sensor? Yeah. So on those, we have it to where we can control all the tuning just plugged into the OBD port. So you could take on your phone or whatever and just, just uh, press your tune level, and I have a switch that we're going to release here in the next couple of weeks that you just plug into the OBD port and change your power levels on the earlier ones. So that's some pretty cool stuff that people heard here first, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> well, yeah, we definitely appreciate all the, the gifts the listeners have been sending. There's a follow-up from, uh, from Jason. Um, with your tuning for the 6R140, can you help with the rough shifts in between 3rd and 4th? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. What um, causes it? The, those, those transmissions, like the... Uh, you know, the, the, the five R's and the six R's have some really weird adaptive strategies in them, but not only that, they had issues with solenoids. It's not uncommon at all for a solenoid failure on that transmission, um, which they ended up generally replacing the whole valve body for. Um, but the thing is, is that the way the transmission controller works in those, the adaptive strategies basically learn to a certain extent, and then they start going the wrong way. And so when that happens, it starts shifting absolutely terrible. So a lot of people will do a full relearn on it. It'll shift fine for a little while, and then you'll end up in the same situation. It's like, oh, the trans tune sucks. And you put the stock trans tune in it, and it'll do the same thing. So what we did is we actually attacked that a few years ago by going after the adaptive strategies themselves. So because we kept thinking maybe we have a calibration error or something somewhere, but you couldn't track it down because it would do it on stock too. You know, but it's an issue that seemed to be resolved by programming because when you clear it, it runs fine. So it's like, we've got to figure this out. So that was uh, one of the first times I've actually ever went after and like recalibrated the adaptive strategies. And uh, we call that file, it's got an AP at the end of it, um, which I think is uh, stands for adaptive pressure. <laughs> so, But uh, that file right there actually will learn the transmission the right way, even if it's learned bad things. So that's a huge improvement there. The uh, and that 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 applies from 2011 all the way to to 2019. Uh, the 2020 plus, we haven't had any issues out of those at all. Um, those transmissions have been awesome. Like we never, you know, I've been selling that that package for three years or something probably, and I maybe have done less than ten tune revisions on thousands of trucks. <laughs> like they're just solid. Those trucks work awesome, but we spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, that's I, those trucks are so solid. It, it's it's it, you know, there's a lot of podcasts I do where we're talking about like what truck would you buy, and 
you know, yeah. which one, which one's the best. And they're all really good, but I know the, uh, the Ford Super Duty, there's a lot of guys that tow their Cummins race trucks with them to the tracks. So. And I love them, you know, I mean, if I could have, I mean, they're just awesome trucks. You know, I tell you though, um, I rode in Ryan Milliken's, uh, his new Dodge that has the Asian trans in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's got it. He's got it tuned up right he's about to be doing all his emissions testing stuff and uh, i rode in that truck and it's strong man it's a man so it kind of had me uh, feeling a little bit different about dodge lately <laughs> with the Ace brands in it because it, it did all the dodge things you wanted to but it actually shifted really 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 well Wasn't and that, uh, that was just with the lazy the latest azen update like not even tuned like the trans wasn't tuned. it it just freaking works okay that's what i was going to ask you is if it was a tune or if it's just an an update because i've heard a lot that uh yeah you can tune those trucks but the transmission is just like whatever it's set at is kind of what you're giving on them yeah i'm hoping that i can actually have golly everyone at my office can kill me when i say this but i'm really hoping by the end of this month we can have an azen trans file out that would be cool it's like that far from being done and i just need to get a i just need to get that truck to the shop it's there there's it's crazy because like hardly anyone around here has one i've been hunting one forever and then by the time someone finds one we're already deep into something else so yeah so i want to i want to get that released and out people's been asking for that forever and and, i mean we've pretty well got it done it's just like the last five (laughs) percent well the um you know you mentioned emissions there and that's always a really huge topic we did an episode i think it was in october november and we were talking about carb and some other things um but i wanted to ask you where are things kind of at on that that front is it um you know are there still pressure on companies are there still what kind of shifts have you seen in the marketplace when whenever i think of testing emissions um designing upgrades for these trucks. I know you've always been at the forefront of that. You've been talking about it for years. I think it's probably four years now we did an episode <laughs> about it. But you're the guy I ask when, you know, what's going on, where are things at, what, um, and what's what's diesel performance look like in this new age? Man, no, I'm, I don't want to get into politics, but it's weird out there right now. I mean, whenever I was, you know, whenever things got super, super heavy on me, you know, even back in like 2018 or 19 or whatever, like the atmosphere was was, um, man. The atmosphere around the whole thing was was still almost like conspiracy theory mode. You know, like Corey's just saying that. Where now people know there's weird stuff going on beyond just the diesel industry. You know, but this is like a this is a baby baby problem compared to all the problems out there. So where I where before it was it was it was hard to get attention on the topic where now you know it's it's becoming very it's going to become very political you know before too terribly long there's and the big reason is and it goes into the question you just asked what is because people's consent decrees are requiring them to use california law you know i've spoke on this before and i'm still i'm still on it um right we, the united states can take and delegate the power over to california and that's what they've done because there's no air resource boards. But I think what's getting interesting is, is, you know, a lot of these, these representatives from all these states honestly didn't realize that they, their state had no say so in the emissions laws. You know, they didn't understand that some of the, some of the extra costs that their states have to bear is because companies have to use California law because there's no other alternative. 
um, in the Clean Air Act, you know, it, it's, it, it states pretty simply that, you know, it's, it's federal law. But not all states carry the laws of California. But to be able to sell to the other 49 states or non-corp states, so for example, you still have to follow California law. So um, I don't have a, I have a major opinion on the topic, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know the right answer to that. So I think the best way to answer that realistically will be let's just see Let's just see what plays out, you know, in politics. That's not, I used to think that was my fight, but, you know, that's, that's a much larger fight than us, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to bring a little bit of awareness to the topic. Uh, carbs definitely gotten much more difficult um, to, to pass emissions, right? Um, actually, let me rephrase that. Passing the emissions test has been the same. Like that part's easy. I can go into SEMA garage and have it knocked out in a week, done. But the car, but then you have to take all that information and submit it to CARB. And now you, now you've got to take in and do all these Excel spreadsheets. Now they charge a fee on top of it. Good luck whenever you're going to hear back from it. And by the way, we've had EO numbers that's been pending for over a year, almost a year and a half or more. So um, that's not cool, you know. So that's the problem where realistically what, what people should be able to do is, is, is have a, a certified five gas analyzer, do your own testing at home, have all your recordings, all the dynos now pretty much to have the FTP 75 test, US 606 and do your due diligence and test at home. And I recommend that to every tuner right now taken. And if you're doing emissions present tuning and you don't have the money to go to CARB yet or go to SEMA garage, it's expensive. Dude. You're going to, at the end of the day, you're going to end up spending close to $12,000 to release a tune and hope it sells yeah. you know, and pass the emissions test in the process. You know, I used to think that was the hard part. You know, now that's the easy part. The hard part is just doing all the paperwork and spending the money. So if you don't, if, if you can't do that, then your best bet is just take, and, and if you're a tuning shop or even a performance shop, you know, a, a dyno is an excellent investment to have. And, you know, the dyno jets and the Mustangs, they all have these emissions tests in there. So you can at least run the emissions test at your facility um, run it with a bone stock truck, you know, uh, you can actually hit up SEMA garage and they'll send you what the federal government considers to be baseline values that you can compare the, your stock truck at your shop to. It needs to be stock, stock tires, all this and that. If you go up on the tires one inch and think it doesn't matter, you're going to be in for a very long night and rude awakening. So make sure it's a bone stock truck and then run your baselines. Make sure they're within 10% of what, you know, you could, of what the federal baseline would be, which you can get from SEMA garage, which was hard to track down as well it's like where do i get that information <laughs> but you do that and uh and then just save your money and then go to sema garage and get your stuff tested uh and if you can i mean and you don't sell to california do 49 state testing you know it's half the cost and you don't have to deal with all the freaking paperwork of carb the problem is though and 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 we've seen this is you can do all that and it's 49 state legal but you get in trouble no matter they're gonna make you do this this testing at carb. So it's a, it, that's, that's what I still kind of have beef on right there, you know, and I'm, they, they aren't necessarily enforcing that, but if for any reason, one of your customers or someone or whatever got in trouble, they might end up getting fined because the federal government doesn't recognize your test without uh, EO pending or, or a EO number. So, you know, I, I think that's something that a lot of, uh, 
a lot of folks have just gotten very interested in that didn't know about that before. That's the part that really pulled me in um, with just learning and, and kind of jumping into this topic is, you know, I understand the framework of the Clean Air Act. I understand things were put in there way before I was born. But the part that <clears throat> I never understood was that nowhere in it does it say that you need carb testing for it. Yet yeah. become the standard out there that, you know, I don't know about enforcement, but as far as what people look to to be able to do it, um, it's kind of been a part that I've really been confused about. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and and you're not the only one. Um, I don't know. I haven't met anyone that actually understands that. Um, you know, and and the biggest thing is, is a lot of representatives actually don't even know that's the case. You know, so it it the feedback that I kind of got is, you know, that's kind of a slap in the face to your state. Uh, you know, whenever that you have to spend all that money, if you're selling to California, I get it, you know, yeah. Hey, some of your products might end up driving through California. So that might would be the federal government's argument is, yeah, but what if they drive into there? Oh, fine. I don't know, you know, so it's, it's a weird topic, man. And, and I do understand that like the federal government and the EPA and all those guys are in a very weird place with it because it's confusing for everybody, you know, but, um, ultimately, um, the shop owners are the ones that are bearing the repercussions of that confusion. And that seems a little unfair to me. Yeah, it definitely does. That's going JD diesel. Um, I just thought of something else. This wasn't, this was mainstream news. I saw this stuff on and we've gotten comments on some of our posts recently about it when we've, um, they've been talking about emissions and different parts of it is people will see in the news that there's certain parts of the federal government that are they don't have these emissions controls on these trucks but what they look at at the lot does and they think well why can't i have that why is it good enough for this use but not mine i don't know a lot about it um and i'm sure there's a whole bunch of rules and things and the reasons for it but what would you say about that how would you approach that when you can see on tv or in an article online, these trucks going overseas or even used within the United States that don't have this and they're brand new trucks, but at the lot, you have to have all this on there. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess it's the same emotion that I get whenever I see, uh, our roads aren't fixed up worth a crap. And we're, we spent a ton of money on a January 6th committee that ended up being, millions what was that 42 million dollars or something crazy to put that on and then it aired on primetime live and you know the people are saying well the well the government spent that no that's my money that's your money that's all of our money that was completely wasted for show and tell um i'm kind of a get get things done type of guy identify the problem weigh the options to fix the problem and then take the best solution you know with 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 respect to people that you value their opinions on. Um, I feel the same way about seeing vehicles sent overseas or being used, you know, uh, being used domestically. That's that have no emission systems on them. 
And, you know, what's the actual environmental impact of that? I think that's a good question to ask is what is the, the, the environmental impact of those trucks not having emission systems on them? And then we compare it to, to what, you know, the limited amount of tuned trucks out there, let's say the deleted ones, what is their environmental impact? And we can put a large number on it that looks a little bit scary, kind of like, well, you released, you know, an extra, I'm going to just throw up 130,000 extra pollutants into the air, and you're a very, very, very bad person. Okay, and that's a huge deal, and people are going to die from it. So you need to face the ultimate punishment. But I'm not saying that we had any involvement or anything like that, but whenever I see the amount of methane released from Nord Stream Pipeline being blown up, and uh, if, if our government had anything to do with that, then it, it's, it's kind of a slap in the face to me as a citizen that we're told how damaging we are to the environment. But the ones that tell us that really set a world record on it recently. And for what reason? It didn't benefit. It doesn't. Is it beneficial or is it not beneficial? That's the end of the day. Um, and I, I think... I don't think there's anyone out there that actually that in power that actually wants to have that conversation because I've I've tried extremely hard to have that conversation and it never it, it hasn't happened. You know, so I, that for me, it's it's offensive uh, more than anything, because it's it's a topic that people don't talk about, you know, and and another topic that's not talked about that's similar as well. They're on the front lines and. And, and I agree with that. I don't think that our military should have emission systems on their vehicles. That's the last thing we want is someone get killed because the, the tailpipe put out less emissions than what just came out of a cannon. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's really stupid. But it might not be stupid. But that would require us to, to be persuaded it's not stupid by having the conversation. And that's just something that, that I haven't been able to have. I'd love to. I'd welcome it. Anybody, I'd pay to have the conversation, but hey, that's where we're at with it, you know. Um, rules for thee, and 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 <laughs> you know how it goes. Oh yeah. Well, it's you know doing uh, doing this podcast. You know, I get to chat with guys like yourself and companies, tons of listeners out there. So I kind of hear things from all over. And JD Diesel asked a question on here, which is I think really important that both a truck owner and a shop owner are going to face. And he says, "How do we fix vehicles?" That we can't get emissions parts for so we have this huge supply chain thing going on and sometimes you can get the parts sometimes you can't sometimes price has gone up x amount there's a lot of pressure do you see that with uh, a lot of the dealers that you work with a lot of the conversations that you have with people that are in the industry yeah i do but i tell you what actually what actually gets me going is let's say for example you've got a guy that 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 He's got to tow a trailer. He's got a hotshot company or something. This is what we hear a lot, right? And if the government says they want to help low income, well, here's here's how you do it. Sure. You got a customer that's got a, a older truck. The the let's let's say it caught a boost leak. Something bad happened and it ruined the emission system. And this guy has to get this truck back on the road. It's how he puts food on his table. You know, um, <laughs> life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You're not very happy whenever you can't afford to replace the emission system on your vehicle because it's so expensive. And it's so expensive because of the precious metals that are contained within the pipe. So 
what's the process of, of obtaining those precious metals? I know what the process is, and I actually know what the, the actual pollutants here in that process of obtaining the metals are and where the money goes. But outside of that, what happens when this guy legitimately can't afford to buy a replacement pipe? You know, a, a, a $8,000, $12,000 piece of a, equipment to go on his truck that he just needs to drive back down the road that's 10 plus years out of warranty, and, and he, he's screwed. And right now, do you want to go buy a new truck right now with the interest rates where they are? You know, America, the Americans aren't in a position to be able to spend that kind of money right now just to get back to work. So what's that guy resort to? That guy gets on the internet and he starts Googling delete pipes because no one around him is doing them anymore because they're scared to death of the EPA. He'll find a company and he'll order it from them. The money from that is going to Russia and China because that's who's providing the base files to these companies to be able to sell them. And a lot of them are located outside of the United States. So did we just solve a problem or did we make the problem worse? We made the problem worse because now America made absolutely no tax revenue off of off of what could have been a potential sale. The customers got a very dirty tune that was built more than likely from a calibrator out of Russia, you know, Germany or China. Like that's where the stuff's coming from now. And this guy gets back on the road. And the only thing that happened was, was, you know, um, the same pollutions are out there. The, the EPA does not stop deletes at all whatsoever. I'll say that out front. Deletes are just as big now as they were back then. The problem is, is all the money's being made outside of the United States and the tunes suck and they're extra dirty and they don't shift right and they cause premature wear on the engine. I diagnose 50 plus of them a day. I see it every single day. Where'd you get these tunes from? You know, Joe Blow 9000 out of Canada. I'm like, all right, well, I know kind of who Joe Blow 9000 is and he don't write his tunes and I can look at the file and tell that it came from this Russian, uh, Russian calibration companies sending stuff in. So it's like, what what's going on here? It's it's just, it's wrong, man. There's a right way to solve this problem, and there's a wrong way. And, and I mean, they're not solving the problem, and Americans are being punished. Like, I have a huge issue with that. I'm not saying there's a problem here. <laughs> there's not a problem going on. You know, I'm not saying I have the answers to how much your diesel is polluting the earth. I don't have those answers. But what I do know is, is we haven't resolved the problem and Americans are paying the price while other countries are winning. And that's not cool. You know, that's that sucks. Uh, and ultimately, that guy had to go through a heck of a lot more work to find a delete because he didn't have an option. The option to buy a new pipe wasn't there. You know, the parts are on back order with the half the, half the stuff. But on top of that, if it's not on back order, is he going to spend you know, 1200 bucks to get his truck back on the road, or is he going to spend $12,000? What are you going to do? Go get a loan to buy an exhaust pipe. So that way the, you can honor the clean air act. Normal citizens don't do that. They'll never do that. And so the thing is, is we need to come back around to have some, some real conversations of how to resolve this problem. Is, is there an incentive that the government possibly would want to offer people to replace their emission systems? Right. I'm not saying that they need to delete them. I'm just saying that something needs to change because all that's happening is Americans are getting hurt and other countries are winning. And that's just not cool. You know, um, that there needs to be a complete rewrite to whatever they think the structure of this uh, is. I mean, if you look at the data, it's just not working. It's inconsistent.
we've put more emissions regulations in than the man in the moon. And it, it's, it's, it hasn't really helped anything, but even more offensive is if we do all of this work to, to try to clean up the environment, but then we go to war or something like that happens, all of this work goes straight out the window and Americans just bear the cost, you know, they, they, they bore the cost of this. It sucks. So it's just, there's so much. And the more I, I look into it and the, you know, the more I think about it, it's, it's like, what can we do to reach a happy medium that actually has some type of resolution that works for everybody? You know, emission systems that the, the EPA considers, you know, okay, these trucks are clean because they have emission systems on them. Okay, well, I'm not going to argue that for the first 100,000 miles. I'll ignore what it took to manufacture the pipes. I'll ignore the plastic jugs. I'll ignore everything. And let's just assume it actually works and that the, the, the ratio goes in the right, in the favor of the EPA. Hey, that's a good thing. Everybody would win. Okay, cool. No problem. But trucks don't just run for 100,000 miles. You know what I mean? And uh, DPFs are aged at 150,000 miles. The DPF system is considered aged. I mean, I've seen it in the code. Literally, it's aged. So what they started doing is making manufacturers and, and do testing at roughly 100,000 miles to say, OK, we need, we need to make sure this is still healthy at 100,000 miles. Well, then you'll find that the first part of the test, the trucks aren't exactly like you would think. And then once they get to 100,000 miles, now they're clean. But it doesn't change the fact that at 150,000 miles, the DPF system is literally considered aged by an OEM. So you take a hotshot guy or someone that drives their trucks all over the country all the time, which happens every day. Yeah. Um, 150,000 miles happens like that. So they'll assume 100,000 miles, seven years. And how many people does it take seven years to put 100,000 miles on a truck? You know what I mean? But then what happens after that seven years? Does the truck just get dumped? No, someone's going to buy it that can't afford a new truck or doesn't want to buy a new truck. They're going to buy that HDPF system. It's probably going to break the DPF at some point in time, unless you're super lucky and it goes forever. But that's that's just not typically the case. That DPF fails on that new truck that this guy, or the new to them truck that this person just bought. And what are they supposed to do? Are they going to now spend $12,000 to put a new system on it? No, they're going to delete it. And if they can't find it in America, they get online, they're going to find a, find it and delete it. It doesn't change anything. So it's just, there's a lot of conversation that needs to happen. And, and I would be more than happy to sit down with anyone from government or EPA and have the conversation and try to come to some type of resolutions. You know, I'm, I sound like the enemy of everything most of the time, but I just like to fix stuff. And right now the system's super broken and it's just costing Americans a lot of money. You know, we're spending a lot of money and not getting a lot of return. That sucks. Yeah. It seems like it's just, we've shifted the focus of it. What really brought a ton of attention, maybe not necessarily the diesel, but this EV conversation was Joe Rogan talking about mining. Um, what was relatively recently when you had a guest on and they were talking about mining for um, some of the mineral or some of the metals that are used in batteries and people that I know that aren't even into automotive don't know what a diesel truck is. They're, they were talking about it, got them interested. And, you know, the diesel community, the diesel crowd, we're, we pay attention to this stuff. We, we really look yeah. into all of this. And I've just heard people asking and wanting more information. And I appreciate your, t your time over the years being able to talk about this and help educate us. Yeah, um, and the thing is, is like, you know, if I went back in time, everybody's like, well, you would be doing a ton of deletes right now if you could. 
knowing what I know now, I would push people to tune their trucks emissions present. You know what I mean? Get the full, save your money, get the full life out of them. Like we're making more horsepower now than we were doing it deleted. And and I seen a comment earlier, you know, everybody thinks that, well, the emission systems hold them back. No, they don't. I've made over 700 horsepower on emission system. And, and I, the DPF was not my limiting factor. Uh, go back to 2016. I thought the DPF was a limiting factor because I had a ton of back pressure. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, that's coming from the DPF. It wasn't. It was coming from the turbine. The DPF say, look at one. They're massive. The surface area of that thing's like 10, 12 inches. It's huge. So uh, there's just so much room. There's so much room to for improvements in this stuff. And uh, with tuning, they really, 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 they open them up. And But the, what I do have a problem with is if that emission system fails, and you can't get your warranty work. Now it's really expensive. You know what I mean? You can't sell the truck and you can't afford to buy a new pipe. You know, and that's the situation of, of most everyone that I talk to. It, it, it sucks. You know, what do you tell someone with that? It's like, man, good luck. You know? So it's a, it's an issue. It's an issue for sure. You know? And, uh, when we were selling everything, you know, we had it all set up with the docu-signs and all that. And it's, it's race use, this and that. And if we seen people driving them on the road, we did our best to actually cancel their stuff because it's not my business what someone's doing with a truck, you know, should I know or should have known? Yeah. But it's, it's, it, I, I never felt like it was my responsibility, but you know, I learned the hard way. It obviously was. The, uh, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned there that your limiting factor is something other than DPF and making power on the new trucks. Is it usually the turbo that yeah. uh, you're hitting the... Yeah, it's the turbo, and it's pretty much the same thing every time. I mean, it's the same thing on, on deleted trucks, too, you know? Because the thing is, is with, with the exhaust pipe in place, this is what's kind of cool and what we learned over the past, you know, couple of years is how much back pressure, what's the delta? So we'll measure the airflow coming into the DPF system, and then you measure the airflow coming out, right? So if I've got 20 pounds coming in and it's 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 a whole different number coming back out, well, that means I got a major restriction right there. The delta's screwed. But I don't see that. The amount of pressure difference that I actually see is generally about three pounds, right? Three three pounds of three pounds of back pressure, which 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 with a with just the bank's exhaust, right? It, it creates like a, a high pressure area that's basically a two pound vacuum. So it reduces two pounds out of the system. When I looked at that design before, I was like, that's a sales gimmick, <laughs> right? But uh, once I started testing them, I was like, okay, man, that old cat knows a thing or two. So uh, it actually works. And now we don't have any restrictions hardly at all whatsoever in the pipe, not enough to contribute to losing a losing horsepower you know, or miles per gallon. So the, the exhaust flows great. So someone will come back around and they'll say, yeah, but the EGR system is terrible. Newer trucks don't have real EGR issues. And the big, yeah, everything fails. Someone's like, yeah, I have one blow up. Well, guess what? I had a brand new truck sticking injector on the way to my shop. Things break sometimes. Don't matter what part it is, it's going to break. <laughs> so, uh, but they don't, during warm up, they use EGR. And uh, during some like very light port throttle stuff, they use EGR. But once you get up to like even 50% throttle, the EGR is turned off from the manufacturer. And it's because it can meet emissions because the engine's efficient enough to still meet the emission standards without having to put dirty air back in while you're trying to make horsepower. 
uh, the older trucks relied a whole lot on EGR to be able to take take the cylinder temperatures down and put NOx under control. Now with the DEF systems, the DEF system can take you know a lot of that load off. But the more efficient the engines have become, the less NOx output they have naturally. So it doesn't have to dose as much DEF fluid to get the job done and get NOx down and satisfy EPA. So the manufacturers have done an absolutely awesome job on the new trucks and the emission systems do not slow you down for horsepower or fuel economy you know uh likewise in tuning you know you take an lb7 stick another seven eight degrees of timing in it you pick up a lot of you pick up some fuel economy and stuff these newer trucks are so efficient you can raise it you know five degrees and the injectors you'll you'll hear them they'll get audible they'll start rattling these new trucks are just super efficient man and the emission systems work really well on them you know it's Unless I don't condone anyone to take off their emission systems. Uh, but in the case that someone was saying, well, I need to take it off so that way it will run better and I'll have more horsepower and it breathes like it's supposed to. The new trucks don't have those issues. Like I've tested it a thousand times. It, 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 they don't have that problem. Um, if the more parts that are on the truck, I mean, this is common sense. This isn't like <laughs> Corey hates the EPA. It's not the case. It's, Common sense. The more parts that are on the truck, of course, the more parts there are to fail. But delete kits aren't what five seven hundred dollars anymore. You know, you're talking five thousand um, dollars. I get, I see people online plus they're spending nine thousand dollars to delete an L5P. So that's crazy to me. You know, that's a lot. That's that's a lot of money to delete it. And so, if you're spending that much money to delete the truck. You have to ask yourself, is it, if you want to hear the truck, well, of course, there's no other way to do it. If you want to hear the truck and hear the exhaust, yeah, you've got to delete it. No problem. Uh, or I can't say no problem, but you know what I mean. But you'd have to delete it to hear the truck. The uh, For horsepower, for it to breathe better, to get better miles per gallon, it, it's that's not the case. It doesn't matter what the dash says. It's just, it's it's physics doesn't really agree with it. It's not a, it's not a problem. You know, yeah. like if I took a straw and then I took a, a pipe and I was blowing air <laughs> through the pipe, the pipe's not a restriction. The straw is the restriction in the truck. The straw is your turbo. Right. So the turbo is your restriction, not the DPF. So whenever you now on a deleted truck, if we're running it super turned up and it's the air to fuel ratios rich and it's it's making horsepower. Uh, yeah, you you you're blowing soot out of it and it's going to go in the if you had a dpf it would go in the dpf system but on a missions present truck um you don't have to you don't have to tune it with all the soot like we did back in the days and you will make the same horsepower as long as the calibration is where it needs to be yeah that's well i think uh, one of the, one of the big things that changes like from 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 way back when was who was doing the tuning you know, what you were explaining before with, is this coming from Russia, China, Germany, some other place? I don't Maybe. know who my tuner is. I don't know who. Every day you get on the, you get on Facebook, like, like it's, you just get on Facebook and go look at some forums. People say that 10 times a day. They're like, yeah, I don't know who tuned it, this and that. If you did some backtracking, you find out. You can't find out who hardly tuned it at all, but you know it came from out of there. And I know that guy does not feel tuning, you know? And so... Where did it come from? It come from the, the same place, the same places that everything else comes from. Because when I look at the files, they all look the same on the back end. They can change all this stuff on the front, you know, that, that the tuning editor has. But when the 
the delete structure looks identical, well, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. You didn't build that file. You might have calibrated on top of that file, but the base file came from somewhere else. You know, and uh, that they figured it out too. I mean, if people that want to dig, you can go in there and figure it out. But like those deletes suck; they're done very wrong. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but some ways just suck. You know. <laughs> well, like I, I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us tonight. All the uh, listeners who tuned in, the gifts. There's one question I saw pop up that I wanted to ask you before before we uh, ended for tonight. And a guy had asked about the DCR pump for the 6.7 Power Stroke. And if you've had a chance to tune a truck, um, and I think it's on pre-order right now, um, that new pump for him. If, if you have, what are your thoughts on it? Or what do you think is going to give you more ability to get power out of a 6.7 Power Stroke? Man, I've been meaning to call Luke and the boys over at s and and talk to him about that. But the way it looks, I mean, it look. I'll put it this way. If s and puts it out, I'll buy it. I, I I can say that much, man. Those guys are so talented. They're so good. Every way that I would test something in my facility, without question, they've done probably more than that. So if they put the product out, you know, I would trust it. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, at a friend, I got a friend of mine that's uh, he's a he's a he's a chemist and works with fuel systems and fuels and stuff like that. And um, he said that he thinks that it's going to put out a little bit more than the other one. But ultimately, you know, if it if it lacks some lube, uh, libricity, then it's, it's not just going to explode like the other ones. So, you know, uh, I really need to do my due diligence and call them boys and make sure. But one, honestly, once I seen that it didn't require a tune for it to work perfect, I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> I don't, I don't have to do anything special to run this pump. So that's, that's really awesome. Also, man, I trust all the SNS guys. They put a product out. I'll buy it. We, uh, I just saw a question come in on the, t- on the 10 speed trans tuning. Um, for anybody tuning in, we're also going to have this out on our other social media platforms, which Corey covered this in the beginning um, with different options and, and things he's working on. So definitely make sure and follow us, follow PPI, check that out uh, for all the information. But man, it was awesome to catch up with you, chat. I like this live stream. Uh, this is pretty, format. pretty cool. I like it, man. It's really cool. <laughs> We get airplanes and boats and galaxies popping up. And stuff. A, it, put a, <laughs> it put a cowboy hat like a mustache on your <laughs> laughing <laughs> awesome man well, i appreciate your oh, time I, tonight it was cool I always enjoy it man I, I i thank you for having me on as always always down to talk awesome thanks guys for tuning in for sure thank y'all don't forget diesel fans if you've got a duramax whether it's an l lb7 all the way up to l5p looking to make it run better head on over to dmaxstore.com check out all the different upgrades they have either to you know maintain your truck do maintenance on it or maybe you're looking for some upgrades they cover everything from front to back if you got any questions and want to give them a call and chat with them just call 877-4MY-DMAX they'll get you taken care of also our friends over at kershaw knives have a 20 percent off discount code for you use code 20 diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com great way to save some money get some cool gear whether you need something for edc hunting fishing around the house at the job site they've definitely got a ton of choices a bunch of new releases this year so definitely head on over and check them out also want to give a shout out to some of our patreon supporters tyler lowen of 23 diesel john all of our other patreon uh, members all of you who subscribe on youtube podcast apps are, are on our discord our facebook instagram tiktok pages we appreciate all your support encouragement and definitely have a bunch of cool episodes planned for you guys in 2023 until next time keep the shiny side up